Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars. What are we, Tiff? What is this? Episode, what, 18, episode 18. 18. We're, episode... Coming of age. We're coming of age today. <laughs> legal, legal. 18 <laughs> years of age. 18th episode of On The Grid, the global <laughs> motorsport roundup. And I think you all know what we're going to be discussing. It was quite some weekend, which we'll come into in a moment at uh, Silverstone, World Sports Cars, World Rally, um, and lots of other bits and pieces. But first... Tiff. It was quite interesting, actually, Silverstone, for a number of different reasons, but they tried the Friday qualifying, they tried yeah. the sprint race, and, yeah. and you, of course, were there as well. So um, I think I think it worked so... I mean, the crowd obviously was fantastic, the weather was fantastic, you know, and qualifying, I mean, it gives each day now a highlight to go and watch, you know, before you had the qualifying on the Saturday, which was quite good for the Saturday visitors. But now the Friday viewers, and there was, the grandstands were packed. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it was free grandstands on the Friday. I'm not sure anyway. But, you know, when, when first Russell got into the top 10, they were going, but you could hear the crowd, you know. And then, of course, when Lewis got pole, and that should be pole. Those idiots, the FIA, who will also come to later, those idiots, the FIA. No, I mean, the pole position has always been about the guy that's fastest over one lap with no fuel, light tanks, softest tyres. You know, that's what pole's all about. So you think not, that pole not the position, winner of the sprint really? race. Really? Okay, well, yeah. that's, that's interesting because I, I yeah. actually thought that sprint race was quite interesting to define it was, who's on pole. But it's, to define it who's was, on pole. It but is. I, it, I do think it's a method. it should be uh, half the amount of laps and make it a proper little sprint and then it would be much more pole position-ish. Half the number of laps. No, yeah. no, you've got to, you've got to have a bit of a race. Yeah, but, but then but the problem is the problem is in this modern game that you say a bit of a race, but then as soon as it, the, the, as soon as the pack start, as soon as a few laps have gone, the pack seems to that that yeah. caterpillar no longer becomes yeah, but a caterpillar. But that's the problem with with you know the current cars; they can't overtake very well. So if we move into next year's cars, which we've all seen this this model that, that they produced the weekend with. Rumours from manufacturers say, well, our car doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> With those huge front wings, which I'd hope we get rid of. But if they make drivers able to, to, to you know, drive closer, then I'm happy with the looks of the thing. Because um, the other thing, actually, right through the Grand Prix itself, Silverstone is still a, it's a spectacular track to watch Grand Prix cars go around. It's lovely. There's no overtaking. Yeah. There's no overtaking. You know, the, the, Alonso, the Alonso train was there in the sprint race after he made such a great effort on the first two or three quarters. And the whole Grand Prix, he just had a queue of cars behind him uh, and nobody could overtake. And so, um, which is why, obviously, when he got to the incident, you know, any chance to overtake is something very rare at, at Silverstone. So, so hang on, let's like, go back I, to, I next, like the design let's of the go back to this, this pole position. And uh, uh, because what about Sergio Perez then? So he made an error. He made a mistake in, in yeah. the sprint race. So do you think he should have still uh, kept, maintained his position ready for Oh, the... no, no, no. I completely agree the sprint result forms the Grand Prix grid. Oh, yeah, I'm not changing that at all. Right. In okay. the record books, just in the record books, <laughs> pole man, yes. but it, you yes. know, because it's always that yes. number of I'm poles is another you. important thing. Sorry, yes. No, no, don't change it for the Grand Prix, no. No, but the guy fastest on the Friday is the guy that should go to the history books as being the pole position man for that weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely, 100%. I'm getting a call. Of course, George then fell back. George was one of the casualties of the sprint race, and he did 
you know, he did run out of brakes and clobber Perez off. So uh, I think that that was a penalty that someone had to give. I think everybody uh, which put George to, back. Everybody was looking forward to George getting the announcement about uh, with Mercedes as well. Sort of, yeah, everybody seemed to think it was going to come and. Every, the, the, I might the, I might have said something about that last week on this podcast. So okay, go. Cool. Um, yeah, so that didn't happen. So and George, on? once again, you know, just to go on to the race, we'll move George out of the picture because again, he, he doesn't seem to have good opening laps in the Grand Prix. Okay, he was dumped to twelfth by the penalty, uh, but then he dropped about fifteenth or sixteenth on the opening laps. He's, he's not, you know, this great Saturday man, George, um, but he's got a sudden somehow up his um, up his activities i think in the races same with sergio perez again okay knocked off but he hadn't qualified well anyway and um, sergio had another poor weekend again unable to overtake anyone virtually until he put some fresh tires on at the end and got past a few but uh, yeah, so yeah because those straights aren't i mean well you know I've, now i've i've actually driven the track oh, and yeah. race the track amazing <laughs> but those straights with, for those cars, they're there at the end of the straight so quickly, and you just yeah. you almost need another sort of 50, 70 meters or so to, yeah. to get that overtake move done safely. Which I well, think... the problem is that you know, I point out when I, I criticized the design of the circuit when it came out because they put too many squiggles in. You know, this was the treaded, you know, what's his name design problem. You always put too many bloody corners in. Um, because that Beckett's bypass cycle, amazing series of corners where they go in flat to the left and the right, then it goes left and then it right. It actually, the whole corner decelerates the cars. And of course, with four corners, you can't stay close. So when you start the DRS hanger straight, you've lost two or three car lengths because you can't follow through that amazing sequence of corners. Yeah. The same, the other DRS zone, which is the, uh, the I forget what they call that straight, that down to Brooklyn's corner. But again, Welling, it's preceded the Wellington straight. But that's preceded by right, a hairpin left, a left-hand kink. So once again, you know, you, you've got, you lose two car lengths getting into the DRS bit. So you, by the time you get there, you go. Oh, Hang on, we're talking know. Wellington Strait or Hamilton Strait? Not Both Straits. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton, no. And the Hamilton, the Hamilton Strait has no DRS. Yeah. So it's a, it's a badly designed circuit extension, which was a BIDC member of the club. I was always a bit fed up with, but someone came in with it. Um, so we've still now got to sort the cars out. But then the Grand Prix itself. And, uh, wow. <laughs> I got a few messages saying, um, was that you driving? <laughs> because, <laughs> but the because point is, I mean, now now that you are a racing driver, Paul, you and me can chat <laughs> racing. I mean, even your caterer, right? When you approach Cops Corner, how much of that apex, that little curb, can you see? Hardly anything. There's a barrier on your right. Yeah. So you only actually see the apex when you're about beginning to turn in. It's almost a blind turn in. So it's incredibly hard. I expect you probably missed the apex all on your own on several occasions because well, you're learning the track. And maybe, yeah, come on, yeah, you probably maybe. did. Yeah. yeah. But I've done it, you know. Yeah. But this course. outcry that's gone on, because I've tweeted today that it goes back to Austria when the FIA, you know, someone the FIA has written this perfect rule book where you must always leave a car width of room. So they had those three penalties, you know, one for Norris, two for Perez in Austria, because they had to had to have decide whose fault it was. So the rule book says that now. So they had to penalise someone. So we've now started this thing that every clash, someone's got to be at fault. Why can't, they it seem to be, why can't it just race, be racing No, you can't have racing incidents anymore. This is the whole Ridiculous. problem. Ridiculous. So they, they had to penalise someone. But, 
you know, in in the sprint race, I mean, Vettel, Vettel Verstappen was weaving down the straight in the in the sprint race. Alonso was doing it. I mean, that's so I think, aggressive. To see. He's so yeah. aggressive. But Alonso yeah. should have done it. Someone yeah. with Alonso's prestige, he shouldn't have done that childish weaving. You know, I mean, okay, you're going to get DRS if you don't weave, but you shouldn't be allowed to do those many changes of side. But uh, no, I mean, you know, Verstappen was very aggressive defending on those first three or four corners and. And, you know, then Lewis is well alongside him. You know, Max knows he's there. And I've had many occasions over my entire racing career, which is a bit longer than yours, <laughs> when I've gone round the outside of someone. And you do, you, you breathe in, because you know that although you've gone past him, you can't see them anymore. You are often waiting for that little bump, you know. I tweeted a picture of me on, on Twitter to the Goodwood meeting. Your Twitter's gone crazy, by the way. <laughs> and if you don't follow Tiff on Twitter... <laughs> You need to have a look at his. Uh, picture, but there's a, a brilliant photo. I was in a Lotus 40 in the West. And I got around the outside. I was seventh on the grid. I was leading after the first corner. I just did the last bloke towards the exit of the corner. Yeah, he's committed to the corner. It was wet. So he slid wide and tapped me. You know, I get on the grass and I lost four places and came back to have a great race to finish third. But, but you know, it was just racing. And the whole thing that people don't seem to understand is the land, not Lando. Um, Max. <laughs> Lewis. Max was defending with Lewis. So Lewis was still thinking of overtaking him on the run to Maggots. Yeah. There's still another opportunity on the opening lap. So Lewis is going to break as little as possible coming into that eight pace. He's on the inside. He knows he's got to break more than Max. And Max is also thinking, I've got to get a good exit here. Otherwise, Lewis will overtake me on the one up to Mag run up to Maggots. You saw later in the race when Leclerc... Well, it's so easy to... Of, I was just going to say, it's so well, easy Le to well, run Le wide there. Leclerc bailed out. Yeah. yeah, so Leclerc bailed out. Yeah. Then, of course, Lewis had the drive-by. Now, that's what Max didn't want Lewis to get. Yeah. So Max is thinking, I'm going to give him as little room as possible. Because if I run wide here, he's going to have the inside line for run up to Maggots. And Lewis is thinking, I'm going to break as little as possible because I want to keep my speed up so I can get him on the run to Maggots. Yep. So both got these racing brains going. You know, they're the world's best drivers. And they're both working on the tiniest of margins. You know, they went around a couple of corners on the opening lap, you know, just almost touching wheels. It's incredible. So they're, they're racing. They're both thinking ahead of the next straight. One's wanting to limit the other and the other's wanting to limit. And uh, sadly, they touched, you know. And obviously, it was very spectacular because it was such a high speed off. And, you know, these Twitter people are saying, you know, <laughs> how can you praise Lewis who sent Max to hospital? It's a dangerous game, motorsport. I know it's so much safer than it's been, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's still dangerous, but both those two drivers knew what the game is all about. They knew how high the stakes are. And if you try to make a rule book, make a decision out of that instant, you're just going to shoot yourself in the head, you know, because the, you know, the FIS, oh, someone must be to blame. In the end, I think, what do they say? It was 66% Lewis and 40% Max. And, and actually, the, the FIA tribunal said, because he didn't get the apex. As if you always got the apex on every lap, you know, right. doing 170 miles an hour. I mean, no, Lewis mixed the apex. He was offline, Lewis. He turned in on the inside of the road. Yeah. You know, it was very unlikely that he would make the apex. Yeah. And, you know, Max knew that. So Max said, well, how much room could I give him? And, you know, well, Max, look, Max was trying to make him break more so he would lead up to back. I mean, it's just so much racing going on. It's, it's racing. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's racing. Well, no. and, 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 you know, I am I'm an absolute amateur, obviously. But, but <sighs> it happens. It happens. 
you don't want to give too much away. But, but <laughs> likewise, I, you know, if someone's there for me, I, I leave the door. I've done it many yeah. times. It's documented on yeah. our videos with people like Fred, who we're very similar mm -hmm. uh, speed. If he comes down the inside and it's sort of 50-50, I don't want to, or, or, or he's a little bit behind me, I don't want well, to. You know, maybe I wasn't as successful racing driver as I could have been because I did occasionally leave a yeah. bit of extra room and maybe I did get overtaken on the way out of the corner because I'd not wanted to be hit. Yeah, you know, same. So, you know, if I'd closed doors, you know, like Senna would barge doors and shut people's faces and, and Max, Max has closed he's the so door aggressive. on people. He's I know. So and I don't like, no. I really don't like, and I can speak firsthand about this. Actually, one of the things I can speak very uh, confidently about is the the horrible i know it's emotions but all the stuff you read afterwards uh, uh, you know what, what you hear from christian horner and from max and from i know very teams. disappointed with both the teams are all on the phone to the fia it's and that's awful. going on i now. don't like that and then they publicly tweet about it and say things and he's disgraceful yeah. and this that, and the other no it's not it was yeah. a racing incident and yes know. you know they're, they're, they're both on the limit but they're both incredibly talented fantastic to watch and the longer that continues, the better. <laughs> but it makes it a lot. It looks very interesting now. Eight eight points difference now. So it's yeah. Uh, but I mean, the atmosphere when I, I didn't think Lewis would get Leclerc. I mean, it, it was the most stunning <laughs> atmosphere at Silverstone with the people cheering him on. You know, it only came down to eight seconds, seven seconds. But he was taking. He was only taking a third of a second a lap when he got down to five seconds of like five four laps to go. And I thought he's not going to do it. But I think Leclerc must have hit a brick wall with his tires and. And look, the speed, you know, speedy left Bottas by after Bottas had left him pass, you know, same car, same tires, you know. It was just electrifying, the speed Lewis was doing. How does catch. Lewis Hamilton get so much stick? How <laughs> does it? He is, an, he is a phenomenon. He's, he's, Absolutely. he's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. Yes, he's yeah. got a great car. All the greatest, most successful drivers <laughs> had a great car. But sure. Who else was out there to uh, mention? So, of course, Charles Leclerc, who must have thought it was going to be a I don't know. I was so absorbed in the race, I didn't notice anyone else at the end. Lando had a, had a lonely ride, you know. Uh, Ricciardo had a reasonable run, but he was still about 40 seconds behind Lando in the same car. Wow. He, of course, had um, he had uh, science stuck behind him, and science couldn't get by in the Ferrari. So, as I said, there was so little overtaking. You know, they had then the Alonso. When Alonso finished about seventh, didn't he? With his queue behind in the Alonso train. <laughs> so that was disappointing, the fact there were so many processional bunches, you know, groups. You know, I mean, after, after he spun, Sebastian Vettel couldn't get past Latifi and Williams, you know, and you crazy, see them yeah. just following. And so that, hopefully, these new regulations are going to work. But Silverstone maybe should chop up a bit of the track, in my opinion. But we can't but, afford it, the RDC member. Yeah, fastest pit stop, Williams, 2.1 seconds. So un oh, well, I'm glad you brought that into conversation. Yeah, that was important. We, we'd easy. have missed that. The whole podcast wouldn't have been, <laughs> you know, the same without that. But so please, everybody, I stop. And these photos on Twitter, you just you pick the picture that suits you. Look, he's closing on me. Well, no, it's, it's a whole corner and not just the corner. It's what's going to happen after the corner. That's what's going through those drivers' heads. And isn't it funny <sighs> because you saw, and we mentioned this last week, you saw uh, on on an iPhone a, a picture of what happened with my racing incident, and I said, yeah. "No, that's not what happened." You said, "Oh, <laughs> you look quite aggressive there." Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what happened. And then when you see it again, and you got to understand, the stewards are looking from multiple angles, and I guess most of those angles we do yeah. as well. But uh, you, you know, it's it's uh, often six one half dozen. Now that's why I think there should be racing incidents in Portugal. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, 
But there you go. Where are we going next here? Because uh, that was, <laughs> well, the support races. I mean, great weekend again. You know, the Formula Two races. They were a bit iffy. You know, who did we have winning the F two race? We had um, the re the reverse grid sprints were won by the Robert Schwartzman and Richard Vishaw. But the feature race on the Sunday, Guangzhou Zhao, Zhangzhou Zhao, the Chinese. You know, he's a, he's, I think he's an Alpine protege, I think he's a junior, you know, but he's in it for about four years now or three years. And he did win quite easily. But Dan Tickton had a solid weekend, finished second for Britain. So a good one for Dan. The W Series, great. We had a little British flag winning. Alice Powell won again. Jamie Chadwick second. That was a, that was a really um, exciting race, I thought. I thought that yeah. you know, a little bit... Well, Volheim was a shame for Volheim. Yeah. The Liechtenstein driver. Yeah. She had it under control until the pace car came out. And then under pressure, she cracked under pressure. Uh, but at least she saw... I was hoping for an all-British podium, but uh, Volheim sorted that out. And the other four Brits were actually from, what, seventh down to tenth. So all six in the top ten. A wave in the flag. And a special mention to Abby, um, Abby Pulling, who finished eighth. She hasn't done any racing in, in that series. She's a Formula Abby Four racer. Eaton. No, a Pulling. Pulling. Oh, Abby Pulling. Sorry. She I was the I'm... one. She had a one off outing. Uh, yeah. Just beat Abby Eaton. We probably upset Abby Eaton. But, uh, <laughs> but the best support race at 9 30 on the Sunday morning with the grandstands. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. GT Marston. It was a, oh, was a, there were these two um, Cobras. And just touching, banging, opposite lock, sliding, blocking, weaving, uh, with John Spears in my TVR following in fourth. He finished up third in the end when because the, the leaders clashed at the end at uh, at Stowe and uh, a bit of an incident which spun spun the leader out. And uh, of course Andrew Jordan was in the in the car that spun him. So uh, absolutely blitz for race. It was so spectacular. If only the whole all those corporate guests that at that time were sitting in the bars drinking their champagne and, you know, why don't they get out once they've got there watch that race? Because it was so entertaining. It really was. Absolutely. So, GT boys. Lots of the slower cars are entertaining because there is there is overtaking. And the, the lead we had all loads of lands or yeah, little classes, brilliant. you know, Porsches, every type of car were in it. So, um, yes. Absolutely brilliant. And Vicky Puria... You know, I think she seems quite pleased in a way with what she's doing. She, you know, she knows she's got a bit more pace, but uh, she's um, she's sticking in there with W Series as well. So, um, WEC World um, WEC World Endurance Championship. Yes, World Endurance Sports Cars. I still can't get excited about it because um, we haven't got enough hyper cars yet, uh, and the whole grid full of MP2s that all look alike sort of don't really do it for me. However, Toyota. And also, I get a bit bored because Toyota win everything. But this time, the only yeah. one car finished. A lot of troubles with their second car. And in fact, the lead car had some problems that almost didn't win. But finally, Toyota won with British driver Mike Conway as part of the crew, along with the Japanese boy Kobayashi and the Mexican Lopez, Spanish Lopez. Um, but briefly, when um, when they had some problems, the uh, the Glickenhaus led a couple of laps or more. Must so the Glickenhaus was much more on pace. Yeah. So they were on, they finished fourth in the end. The Alpine was second. Um, and third overall was actually LMP2 winner, which had uh, Brit Philip Hansen as part of the crew. So well done, Philip. Got the flag going. So, so you're yeah, not, Monza... It's not, you're not salivating about uh, the thought. No, and the same with the World Rally Championship. <laughs> These series, they've they got so few people that can win. The World Rally Championship is either Toyota or Hyundai because Ford aren't on the pace. And again, the, the rally was Estonia, which I'm not sure they've had a rally Estonia before. Yeah. But it was very dusty and loose. The yeah. championship leaders have to start first and clear the dust. So the whole rally out front was all about Kale Rovampera, this 20-year-old for... Uh, he's 
Honda, isn't it? Let's get the two right. I always forget who's in which one. He's Toyota. Get the two mixed up. Uh, and our own Craig Breed. Well, Ireland's Craig Breed in Hyundai. So because they don't do every rally and haven't got many points, they started the back of the manufacturer's pack of nine. So they had the best track. So, you know, if you're an outsider looking in, you're thinking, well, why is this 20-year-old beating seven-time world champion Sebastian Ogier, so what's the championship solution? leader? What's the solution? I don't know. Who they've goes tried, first? They've had they qualified once. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did try, you know, on the on the um, practice stage. They did do qualifying, but then they then they got bored because someone like OJ or Seb Loeb just won every rally because you know they they could then pick their starting position. So you you had your qualifying stage and then you pick where you wanted to go, whether it was tarmac or loose or whatever. So they have tried different formats. But you'd have three days with the two least known names battling for the rally, and and the, the stars at the back. It's, it's just a hard thing to get over to the public, I think. I mean, it's such a spectacular sport. Oh. You know, um, who was it? Oh, Tanak, some of the most, again, the quickest the driver. He had passes. Yeah, some oh, skill, skill. Not Tanak, you know, probably yeah. the most talented guy at the moment. He's having punches every rally. He's dropping back. He's going off. <laughs> um, you know, and even poor old... Um, where are we? Um, what's his name? We finished third in the end. I've written it down somewhere here. I've lost all my notes. Oh, Thierry Newville, who finished third, uh, who was the best Hyundai. He got caught speeding at 190 kilometres an hour in a 90-kilometre um, public area, which, of course, is so against the rule. He was late for a stage. And, you know, when I used to rally GB, you know, it happens so often, you know, you're over, you get a queue of traffic, you know, and the rally cars, but, of course, then the rally fans are waving you past. So he's been given a one rally ban. So um, that's probably a new record. So Roman Perra gets the record as the youngest I, I ever world love, running I'm not, winner. I'm not endorsing his uh, speech. I'm <laughs> laughing at your story about uh, <laughs> British... Rally cars. Yeah. But, you know, OJ finished... I mean, OJ managed to hold off teammate uh, Elfin Evans for fourth and fifth. That was the biggest battle because it's the championship yeah. that's what all about. Absolutely. So OJ finishing fourth extended his championship lead over Elfin Evans. So... Uh, the Ford, Timu Sudden was back in the Ford 36. Our own Gus Greensmith had lots of troubles with his Toyota. And uh, Takamoto Katsuda, his poor co-driver, Dan Barrett's got some neck problems. I mean, they, they do take a pounding in those cars. And I think the poor old co-driver that was reading Looking his down notes. as well, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't see the big bumps coming and brace yourself. So, sadly, he had to pull out for uh, for that reason. So, yeah, I don't know what to do about World Endurance. I'm a World Endurance Championship when, you know, Porsche and Ferrari and Audi, everybody's coming into that in the next two or three years. It is going to be great again. But for the moment, you know, it's next stop is Le Mans, I think, isn't it, for them? Because all these dates are upside down. I think it is next stop is Le Mans in August. Um, NASCAR was a great race. We got home on Sunday night, had enough racing. I always try to get people to watch it. And this was one. They always watch the boring ones, people. So I tried that. It's dead boring. Well, the New Hampshire, it's a one-mile over with hardly any banking. So it's uh, different. That's the thing about NASCAR. Every track's got a different. And this is just too wide. The racing went on and on for the lead. I mean, just four, five, six laps of just underneath tacking the back end, trying to get half alongside and tacking out. Um, it was an amazing event. Although Kyle Busch didn't think it was. Kyle Busch is his controversial character. Says what he thinks and um, doesn't um, hold back. But they have no qualifying or practice to them, most of these NASCAR races. It's a COVID thing. They're just doing it. They, they just turn up at a track, roll out on the grid and Amazing. race. Amazing. And poor old Kyle, Amazing. it was drizzling with rain. 
And then it rained harder. They didn't get the yellow flags out quick enough. And in the lead bush, on lap three or four, just hit water. They'd just lost him, slammed the wall, hobbled back to his pit. So he went, he went all the way up to New Hampshire, did three laps, destroyed his car, <laughs> said a few words that he shouldn't have said about the organisation and went home again. What did he say? Actually, he did, to be fair, he did actually say, I can't answer that because I think I'll be in trouble. <laughs> He's quite a character. But um, Through it all, Ford's came good. Ford haven't won a race since April the 25th. Haven't won a race for about 12 races, I don't think. And Eric Almarola, a very popular character, came to the winner in his Ford. Um, five Fords in the top six. In fact, the only Toyota was second with, with Young Bell. And the first uh, Chevrolet home was, of course... Oh, number five, what? by any chance? How did you guess that? <laughs> so the best of the rest in the Chevrolets was Guy Larson. But it's actually... They have this playoff system which also builds up. It's quite, I like it. Some people don't like it. So there's about four rounds to go and the top 16 go to the playoffs. And then you knock out four, then the 12 go forward, you knock out four, eight go forward. Last race, only four people can then win the championship. It's literally a shootout at the last race for the top four that go through this knockout stage. But you'll get into the last 16 if you win a race. With Al Morona, he was well down the points. He's now, so there's now I think 12 or 13 that won a race. So there's now three spots left, but it's on a points decision now. So it's all, it's lots of drama in that. Kicking see, off. They build it up. It's so, um, but even they've got holiday next weekend because there's nothing on next weekend, Hardy. Well, we have got, um, NASCAR's got, got Formula E next weekend. Oh, of course. How can I think that? No. Have you seen the track? For those of you that haven't seen the track, it's a bit wacky. It's a bit weird. Have you seen it, Tim? I saw the original layout, but the layout has been changed recently due to this controversy, which I get tweeted about. So I was positive about Formula E last week. The Sam Bird won. That's why it's great, because Sam Bird's one of the best drivers in Formula E, and he's never won the championship. He's won many races, and he should win the championship. But he's now leading the championship, so he has to go out in the first group of four for qualifying, the first group get the dusty circuit. So the chances of Sam Bird, our great British championship leader, a bit like the rallying, you know, with yeah, a sure. loose track, you know, I don't think he'll be in the top 10 on the grid, maybe not even the top 15 on the grid, when all the British fans go to, cha to cheer him on. But the circuit, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know this. <laughs> the computers <laughs> that actually control the drivers and tell them how fast to go, worked out, apparently they like, each, each normal format re-race, they have to recharge 35, 30 to 35% of their energy. They must recharge. Otherwise, they won't be able to do the 45-minute race, 45 minutes, whatever. But apparently, the XL track, which goes inside the XL centre and outside again, it's quite interesting. Not around the streets of London, let's point out, but somewhere out in the east of London. But apparently, their track would only need 5% recharging, which meant that the drivers could now attack and race and not have to worry about saving that much energy. Then apparently the drivers said, well, some of them, well, that must mean we'll all crash into each other. If you let us have race, we'll all crash. Because <laughs> they'll all be actually racing. So I was criticised for me, saying they're not racing. They're all just going round and round, conserving energy. And now they've admitted it to the public. <laughs> and the FIA actually said in their statement that management of energy is a key to avoid flat-out racing. So they're admitting they don't want flat out race. They what, actually what's want the it. definition of racing in the in the dictionary? Surely it is to go well, flat out. Or, or they appear to want it to be the driver that can conserve his energy the best. Rubbish. Absolute load of 
cod's wallet, so if I'm, you ask me. I might I, never mention it. I know again, I don't know what to do. There's a bit of motorcycle. Go, go to the XL. Go to the XL. Have a look. Yeah, let next us know. Week, we want you all to let us know on the next week's podcast what you thought. Anyone that's going to the XL, let us know. Did you really enjoy it? Was it exciting? And we don't want the influencers telling us because they just, whoever, which, whoever's giving them the champagne. They're paid. The They're paid. You yeah. see JWWWWW. <laughs> he did a great, oh, fantastic race. And at the beginning, doesn't he say ambassador to Formula E? He has to admit that it's actually a paid, a paid YouTuber. Oh. Oh. The world is a strange place now. It really is. You never know oh. what's true, what's not true, but it's... Anyway, let the hardly anything else go. British GT is going to spa if Belgium's yep. not flooded out. I don't know what the damage... That was horrendous, wasn't it, over in Awful. Germany and Belgium? Awful. Those floods. Um, but the best thing to do this weekend, if you want some motorsport, is to go to Brands Hatch for the British Superbikes. Because they are awesome. Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit, you walk around it, the atmosphere we've had. There are some thunderstorms apparently forecast for this weekend, which might make it a bit too uh, exciting. But um, yeah, go to Brands Hatch, have a wonderful time with the superbikes this weekend. You heard it here. Record, record Formula E on the telly and watch <laughs> it and see if you enjoy it. See if it excites you. Anything like that atmosphere of Lewis Hamilton. I was almost in tears when that was building up. The crowd, the whole 140,000 egging him on. Yeah, I was just electrified. That's what motor racing should be about, emotion. And was that excitement. one of the most emotional things you've seen in your career of spectating? Yeah, I was. Well, I, yeah, yeah, brilliant. I mean, people winning Grand Prix, you know, dreamers winning big events. I mean, that's I get emotional. You know, when I, when I win a race, you know, I'm pumped yeah. up and, you know, it's almost even I'm winning races now, historic. You know, there's a tear in my, you know, sort of, yeah. it's what you want to do. Winning is what it's all about, you know. Of course and it is. Sadly, I haven't, that's sadly I haven't come close to that. <laughs> how, many, how many have you got left to try now? Brands yeah. Hatch, a couple of weeks. Croft. Croft. Do you know what? I need a replacement for Croft. I don't think I could do Croft. So maybe if Harry's around, maybe we can convince him. <laughs> Harry is, for those who don't know, Harry is uh, one of Tiff's three sons. And he's the reserve a, driver. He's reserve a driver brilliant He's a brilliant, brilliant driver, but he doesn't drive very much. So to be, he's not, he's on the pace without even practicing or, or driving. So, so maybe never hopefully raced. he'll come out of retirement for that. And then the final one is Snetterton in October. October oh. is Snetterton, so Snetterton is. Uh, uh, How many races? Only two more races. Are we double headers? Any of those or not? Double header at Snetterton and Brands Hatch. So Brands then Croft then double header at Snetterton. So four races. So Brands. So four races to get that elusive podium. Yeah, well, I don't just want to pose. Of course, if you're in the white group, you would have won every race. But no, no, see you next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bye.